Thank you to everyone who supports this show and all the shows in the Major Spoilers Podcast Network. Listen, if you're not already, you can become a Major Spoilers member by signing up at patreon.com slash majorspoilers. Special thanks go out this week to Mazer, Lucas, and Kayla, who are our newest patrons. And also a special thank goes out to Jimbo and Spracknell, who upped their pledges this week. Thank you to all of you. You are making all of this possible. Or maybe, you know, we should blame you. You're the ones that are making all this possible. But hey, listen, dear fine. listener, if you are not already a patron and you want to have more of this, then what are you waiting for? Patreon.com slash Major Spoilers. The Major Spoilers podcast covers news, reviews, and of course, spoilers, and goes into details about the topics discussed. So if you haven't read, listened, or watched the items we talk about, you might want to come back later. I'm Matthew. I'm Ashley. I'm Rodrigo. And I'm Steven, and you're listening to the Major Spoilers Podcast, the podcast for pop culture and comic fans. In this issue, rule one, never pick up a duck in the dungeon, especially a dungeon zenith. There's a lot to cover this week with Star Wars on TV, Jared Leto in the theaters, and Comic Creators Unionizing Plus, Brubaker, Fortnite, and a wealth of helpful tips. So when little Hurly Burly comes by in his curly whirly, tell him you need a ride. Put on your safety goggles for that light, because the major spoilers podcast got down, but we never got tight. We're going to make it through the night, and we're on the air. Welcome to issue 950, 950 50 episodes episode. of this podcast. Wow, wow. Yeah. And seriously, we couldn't do this without all of our patrons. Um, you want to hear some funny shenanigans? Then you definitely want to hear the pre-show <laughs> where we try to do some uh, some tech support for our good friend Ashley V. Robinson. <laughs> also, there's some sad stories and we go off on a little bit of a conspiracy theory tangent. You can listen yeah. to all of that in the Major Spoilers podcast pre-show. You can only get that when you become a patron over at patreon.com slash major spoilers. Uh, the good news is four people are here this week. Thank you again, Ooh. people who paid and were able to get uh, uh, all four of us here at the same time. How about let's see if we, we can all be here for the whole show, though? Yes, let's see who drops out first. Uh, let's no start. <laughs> Let us start with some news. For as long as major spoilers has been around, comic creators have been asking, why don't comics unionize? Well, this week, employees at Image Comics have announced the formation of the Comic Workers Union, stating, quote, despite years of union busting and anti-organization sentiments in the American workforce, we know that Image has, at its heart, a desire to be first when it comes to doing the right thing for comic workers. That's why we know we will win, because our success is the company's success. Our success is the creator's success. Our success is the reader's success, unquote. Now, it should be noted that this announcement would only affect full-time employees at uh, Image Comics and not comic creators specifically. Um, and at this time, Image Comics has not responded to the announcement. Now, Ashley, I think there were only like six or seven people who had formed this union at uh, at Image. Do you know how many people that represents? Is it like half the workforce, full-time workers at Image or what? Uh, I have no idea. Um, okay. I have literally no concept of how many people work at image um this to me is huge if true yeah yeah no i mean this is uh we've you got a link I mean? to it we've got a link to it a lot of people are talking about it uh i you know i am in favor of unions even though i am a business owner and sometimes unions can be big headaches to unions but if you go through and i put a link to the um comic book workers united uh website where they basically list their demands and their demands are super, super reasonable. There's yeah. nothing in this list that I look at and say, Oh, how dare they ask for this? 
They're just asking for like simple things. It's, it's not that big of a deal. So I kind of, uh, am in favor of them. Uh, unionizing. So, so recently Paizo also, mm-hmm. Paizo unionized. also did that. Now Paizo yeah, so. did respond. Paizo did said, Hey, we're more than happy that our workers have unionized and we welcome them to the bargaining table and everything. So yeah. that is an instance where a union is welcomed. Hopefully image will do the same thing. But then as you see Amazon trying to unionize and some mm. of the anti-union sentiment that is, that is rising up against that, um, you know, that could spill over into, into other unions trying to organize as well. So I don't know, Ashley, what are your thoughts on this? Yeah. Or if, or if any of us remember that IATSE is still not had their terms yep. met, yes. that yep. deal is no. not finalized. The screen actors or, or the motion picture guild that put that announcement out straight up lied and a vote has to be made. So, yeah. And I wonder <laughs> if the recent, right I wonder if that recent uh, tragedy on the set of uh, rust if that won't mm-hmm. impact some of these votes and negotiations with IATSE. Well, that was a non-union. That was not yes. a non-IATSE production because right. of where yeah, it was that, shooting and stuff like that. But that could give them even more ammunition. Well, I shouldn't say ammunition, but it gives them more. <laughs> uh, it allows them to come and say, listen, this is something that's that's dangerous. And we want to ensure that we, because uh, I know a lot of uh, was it cinematographers that come forward saying, we don't want weapons on set anymore. Uh, there's no reason. There's literally no reason. You no can real, go buy yeah. right. a muzzle flash in any like effects. Yeah, you can do it. You can see, no yeah, you can CG it very easily. These yeah. days. And you have been, for and the you know, last Brandon Lee years. was 25 years ago. Yep. And yep. this is something that 25 years ago, people were saying we need to do something about. And now here we are again. Yep. Yeah. So, maybe if we uh, threw someone in jail or put them in prison for manslaughter, then people would take it more seriously. Yep. Do you think this will lead That's to my hot take? <laughs> do you mm-hmm. think that this this uh, image comics thing will lead to a greater like comic book writers union or comic book artists or inkers or letterers union, or will they all be uh, engulfed into some other bigger union soon? Ashley, is this like the first? brick in the wall that's starting to fall or is this something that you know two years from now people are go hey remember when image comics tried to unionize i think it's going to be the latter unfortunately um comics are not well organized um structurally on any level and well, uh if this is only a handful of image employees um there's 11 of them then it'll mm-hmm. then it's a nice announcement that will probably be quashed by the end of the year. Um, I, I don't, it's tough, right? Like if, if it's allowed, if it's allowed to go forward and actually make a union, that's wonderful. But ultimately all of the people who work for image, they're more protected than the, the freelancers. Oh yeah, definitely. Um, yeah. Just, you know, like if you think about like all the money yeah. that had to be made for Bill Mantlo through the hero initiative and like, that's the kind of stuff that I would love to see this reflecting and i only saw the headline i didn't realize that this doesn't actually that this is for like uh the internal workings of it which doesn't yeah, mean it's, it's any it's less valuable but it's definitely right. being sold as this is the wga and yeah. it's not uh, which is the right. writers guild of america right. which, which covers uh tv and film writers if anyone doesn't yeah know. so there's a and couple of ways that this can go YouTube true <laughs> yeah so a couple of ways this could go image comics could just take this announcement from the workers and say yes we recognize you as a union uh please come to the table and we'll do some collective bargaining the second thing is they could say, well, you need to have a majority of the full-time employees at Image, and I'm guessing Top Cow mm-hmm. as well, um, uh, sign on, sign their union cards and say that they want to be in part of this union, at which point but we But that's will... the other thing too, right? Image has all these like sub-brands. So like does this cover yeah. 
Top Cow and um, Skybound. And- oh my God, what is Kirk? Thank you, yes, Skybound, Skybound, which is mm-hmm. a a host unto itself. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, you know, is this going to cover all of the? You know, there's this is this being an image, this not being Marvel or DC. Um, this is stickier. Yeah, the more I think about it, <laughs> it's more and then complicated. It, also, it it does bring up the question of if even if Image puts this all together and it becomes what people want it to be. Is it going to fly with Disney and Verizon or whoever the hell owns DC now? Yeah. Uh, it's Discovery oh. Networks. Oh, la dee da. Okay. They're the guys that uh, gave us that 600 pound life show, right? I'm mad. I at don't them. know. Well, yeah, that's yeah. fine. Uh, Ashley, what else? What else we got in the news lineup the, this week? We've got vampires in case you didn't have enough of it last week. The latest Morbius trailer. Can you believe that movie's not out? Drop today. Know, right? We get a ver- <laughs> better look at Jared Leto. Leto, I don't know, as the living vampire. The trailer gives viewers a bit of a backstory on Michael Morbius. We get to see a potential transformation moment, which actually looks pretty cool. And of course, quite a bit of killing. Morbius arrives from Columbia Pictures in January 2022 alongside Scream because their studios are looking to bury them. Oh, yeah. Uh, what did you guys <laughs> think? Why did you guys put films in January? Yeah. Well, I mean, that was kind of the way right now. It just seems like the docket is so full that you can have a movie like yeah. Thor show up in February and still do really, really well. Winter Soldier and it actually... All- dropped in april when it came out which was the beginning of people being like oh we can put these tent poles or and then uh deadpool of course i believe also mm-hmm. dropped in february um mm-hmm. the original but yeah i just think this like this is this was a movie that was made before the parent company got acquisitioned um it's been moved a bunch it's clearly not a priority and uh if it does venom levels of popularity mm. then then we might see something interesting with it. But if not, this movie's going to come and go in January and, uh, you know, that'll be it. We'll be like, well, the Joker was a vampire once that was neat, yeah. I guess. Yeah. Did you guys, uh, Matthew Rodrigo, did you get to check out this trailer? What, what are your thoughts? Yeah, I saw it. Um, mm. you know, I just, uh, kind of, I, I don't know what it is about Jared Leto, but I, I just don't like to look at him. Yeah, like, and it's not, uh, you know, I'm not talking about like the way he like physically is, Drag like, his appearance or something. Just, you know, I, I, I'm not, I'm not a big fan of his acting. Yeah, for some reason. So this, this trailer does some work to kind of get me interested in it. But you know, obviously, it always comes back, comes back to the main character. So yeah. I'm like, eh, I don't, I don't know how interested I am in this. And the other thing is, I'm not sure we're going to see a lot of other, like we see a Spider-Man cameo on a poster and Mm -hmm. we get a reference to Venom and we do get to see, um, uh, Mr. Mom show up as, uh, as Vulture for a a hot second in the trailer. But I don't think we're going to see like an actual Spider-Man or an actual JJ Jonah Jameson show up, anything like that. So I think Jameson is in it, but I think it's also, I think it's just a JK Simmons cameo, but my main He's thing about it to be is in the Batgirl movie too. He all over yep. the place. He's everywhere. You know, he's, he's also in uh, avatar, but my thing about it Captain! is I may be the, the person who cares about Morbius the most, not merely on this podcast, of but this maybe group, in the I'm universe. Sure. <laughs> uh, but I don't care. I mean, literally, I don't want to see Morbius as the central character of a movie. 
And I feel like the fact that it looks like they're doing his cartoon bitey hands is going to make this, you know, silly, wacky, over the top. But I mean, that worked with Venom. People, people are like, why yeah. is this Venom thing think- selling? It's all grimdark. I'm like, it's not grimdark. It's ridiculous, over the top parody. I think that is kind of what they're leaning into because of the success of the first Venom movie and the mild success of the second Venom movie. I think that that's what they're doing here with Morbius because to me, Morbius in any incarnation I've seen him is just this really tragic character. That's like, I can't help it. I must feed kind of thing. And then you really feel sorry for this guy who's trying to number one, find a cure for not only his disease, but other people, but he just can't help it. Uh, But I didn't really get that so much in this trailer as Look at me, I'm better now, and I'm going to go kill you. A whole ship full of he's gonna be, kill you people. So. He's going to be a wacky superhero who has wacky adventures, and yeah, he's not going to be, you know. Maybe I can fly. Yeah. Hey, we've got another trailer to talk about, though, Rodrigo. Trailer. Yeah, so the first major trailer for book of uh, for the book of Boba Fett has arrived. In it, we see Boba Fett and mercenary Fennec Shand. Uh, playing by Mingna, I think, navigating the galaxy's underworld when they return to the sands of Tatooine to stake their claim on the territory once ruled by Jabba the Hutt and his crime syndicate. Star Wars, the Book of Boa Fett, arrives on Disney Plus on December 29th. That's coming up. A lot of people know what they're going to be doing on their uh, New Year's Eve. My guess is they'll probably... Yeah, my guess is that they will probably release two episodes like they have done in the past. Uh, I don't think that they're going to drop everything at once. Disney will want to keep you around for week upon week. I mean, if you look in the last couple of weeks uh, since what if, and what's the other one that was the big hot thing, Uh, visions dropped, what if, and Loki all are all done. And they really, we haven't really gotten any big thing in like the last month and a half on Disney plus, which is really surprising because they were doing really good at here's an eight week thing. And then you've got, you know, or a 10 week thing. And then you got two weeks off and then we got another 10 week thing. Well, Um, I wonder if, I I wonder if it wasn't just that they've been dropping things that aren't generally popular with nerds. Right. Cause they do keep dropping like new series. Yeah. But a lot of that Doogie Howser show tween series. Yeah. Yeah. Have you guys watched that Doogie Howser show on Disney plus? I wanted to, to. cause it's like, yeah, it's got the girl from, uh, what is it? Alex Mack. No, not Alex Mack. Andy not Alex Mack. Mack. That was 20 years ago. Yeah, Andy Mack. Um, yeah, she does a good job, but I, I haven't seen it now. Okay. No. All right. All right. Well, you know, uh, guess, Matthew. You know, I think that the one thing that they could do with this book of Bob A. Fett is they could, like, make sure that his armor is not, like, painted up and shiny and colorful like they had it at the end of The Mandalorian because that. I that don't think it is. Me. In the trailer, it kind of looks uh, still beat up and dinged up quite a bit. It, it also looks like he uh, has had to wear like a, a bathrobe underneath it, you know, because he doesn't quite fit in the old armor anymore. Uh, he must have gotten bitten by one of those Tantooine uh, spiders. So, you know. yeah, yeah, just saying. Everybody, ate. don't fat shame Boba Fett. I'm not and fat hey. shaming Boba Fett. I'm just saying that uh, you get older and you uh, you start to have things in places where you didn't have things before. Literally, Tamara Morrison actually getting to play Boba Fett is the only reason I'm interested in I know, the show. Right? I mean, it's, right. it's really cool. It's the only thing about it where I'm like, I am showing and up keeps... for you, my friend, and only you. I mean, that's so good at it. I mean, that is the cool thing when you can have legacy actors continue to play their part years later. I mean, certainly with the upcoming uh, uh, Ahsoka uh, live action thing. Uh, apparently, uh, what's his name? 
is going to reprise his role as Anakin slash Darth Vader. In oh, Hayden yeah. Christensen. Hayden Christensen. Yeah. 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 Are we excited about that? I am. I kind of am. I am because not to be sarcastic because it is something that has sort of torn Twitter in half. Um, Hayden Christensen. And- He's fine. Yeah, like like some people are very for it, and some people are like, absolutely not. No, thank you. Hard pass. Yeah, we I still like- uh, we still haven't reconciled over the prequels, even though something that everybody likes, the Mandalorian, right? Something that every most Star Wars people agree that the Mandalorian is good. Spends a fair amount of time in the prequels territory, right? Mm-hmm. Saying. Yes, the prequels happened. Yes, look, Boba Fett is the guy from the prequels, right? Mm-hmm. Um, they could have just as easily turned up their nose at it. So it's going to, I think, specifically the fact that uh, people didn't like uh, Hayden Christensen, that's that's really the last frontier, right? If people ever get over that, then mm-hmm. we'll, like, people will be okay with the prequels. So the yeah, interesting thing Jake is... Lloyd can come out of his garage. Yeah, I don't know about him. I think he's scarred for life. Uh, Rodrigo, how old were you in the? He he was he was in that first movie, and then he gave up acting forever because everybody just made fun of him. Yeah, but like he's had a tough go of it, right? Like he's not well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Rodrigo, how old were you when the prequels came out? Uh, When did they come out? Like ninety four, ninety ninety eight, something like that. (laughs) Oh yeah, ninety five. Yeah, yeah, ninety five. No, no, no. It had to been like ninety eight, something like that. No, it was 99, right? The, yeah, yeah, 99. So yeah, it was right the, the same year as the iconic Backstreet Boys album, Millennium? <laughs> <Yep>. <laughs> Not going to ask how you know that, but congratulations. Oh, oh the, one, th- that I liked, the one that I liked as a kid is a QAnon, so that's, uh, that's oh, been a okay. journey for Ashley recently. <laughs> <sighs> Did he also uh, show up in Dallas this week? <laughs> was, I, was I 16? I, I think I was around 16. I'm going to bet... How old were you in 99, Ashley? I mean, you were probably like eight, six. Oh, I'm yeah, guess. I was in under six. No, under, under six? ten. Under no, ten. Not. I'm going to bet we you're were, six. We were 29. So. Uh, well, yes, I know how old I was. I'm trying to find that, that, that division because it seems like Rodrigo may have been at an age where you still can kind of remember the original prequel, so, or the original uh, trilogy. And so the prequels sure. kind of felt like a slap in the face and a betrayal. But for people that were like 10 and under when the prequels came out, they generally have a very positive feeling towards those, those movies. Yeah, absolutely. That's and their so, Star Wars. Yeah, that is their Star Wars. So when you bring out Hayden Christensen now, 20 years later, 30 years later, those kids are, you know, in their, in their twenties and thirties. And so they're like, yes, this is my nostalgia factor kicking in. And so I think he's, I think he's going to get his due. And I think other people will be fine with him. So. I, I hope that him coming back is the either a huge success or the straw that breaks the back of everybody has to come back and play their old characters because I'm honestly getting tired of this. Only one person can ever play this character thing. Well, Robert Downey Jr. is 65 and Sam Jackson is pushing 80. There's going to come a point when we can't have them, you know, well, that was already movies. done and that was already done in the star Wars, right? I mean, Obi-Wan Kenobi with Alec right. Guinness and, uh, then the other guy. So, well, I mean, Alec they've shown that they can dead. do it. Well, yeah, you but know, they got a they got a different guy to do it. When they're dead and they recast them, it's different. It's like you know, hey, here's a new guy playing the same character. That's different. I feel. But yeah, I I want to see him come back because I honestly feel that Hayden Christensen is better than the reputation he got. 
Right. Uh, from and then, movies. and then I hope we get a sequel to Jumper. Matthew, let's wrap up our news with our last. <laughs> oh, God. Speaking of Jumper, uh, news that may make you, no, never mind. There's a new Iron Fist coming, ladles what? and jelly spoons. I know, I know. You're like, hey, don't we have an Iron Fist? What happened to that Iron Fist? And I'll tell you right now, uh, Netflix killed him. Uh, that's not true. But in any case, uh, Marvel Comics released a press release that said a new Iron Fist series will be coming. And the quote-unquote legendary mantle of Iron Fist will pass on to a new hero in what they're calling a revolutionary transformation of one of Marvel's most fascinating mystical mythologies. Uh, expect a hero's journey in true Marvel fashion. I feel like I should be talking like Stan Lee. As this mysterious character unlocks long hidden secrets behind the history of his ancient powers and confronts a threat that only the Iron Fist can defeat. Uh, the last, by the way, uh, Danny Rand no longer has the Iron Fist. The last person to carry the Iron Fist was, uh, is uh, what's her name Black of, Panther's uh, lieutenant. Yeah, yeah. Okoye. Okoye, yeah, yeah. So this implies that Okoye isn't, is no longer. Isn't there longer. also a miniseries where there's a, he gives it to a little Chinese girl? Mm, I don't it was know. a digital first series? That I don't know. It's oh, yeah, possible. you're right. Because hmm. I remember that being a huge deal because that was pretty reactionary to people being like, why is he white? <laughs> Yeah. The last time I saw him was only a couple months ago, and he was depowered, and Okoye had the Iron Fist. But regardless, uh, we'll find out who the new Iron Fist is when Alyssa Wong and Michael Igg bring the show around in February of 2022. And you may Iron not Fist be wrong Man. about the uh, the Netflix series uh, killing Danny Rand, because that was one of the things that I think even Ashley and I had long discussions about on Finally Friday about you know, they didn't have they to follow the, the Danny brand. Rand story. Yeah, they didn't have to follow the Danny Rand story. They could you have also cast... could have followed it and done it uh, better. Oh, yeah. There's yeah. been just a little bit more oh, yeah. uh, uh, it's, thought. It's stolen from Amazing Man in 1939, who is a huge, you know, big white saver protagonist who goes to, you know, a Tibetan a monastery and becomes the bestest, bestest of all of them. And I but feel people like love Dune, which is a white savior story, like there's yeah. a way to do it. <laughs> and the Green Llama yeah, and all that stuff. Dune also kind of, you know, deconstructs it too. Yeah, I yeah. think. I watched Dune this weekend. Um, it's a it's a, a you movie. You see the little mouse? Did yep. I see the little mouse? Yeah, the little mouse is if you are it's a book a reader, deal. the little mouse is mm. very important. Yeah. I and then there's the also some giant worms. They're also that, very important. Uh, Captain Picard is now Thanos, which freaked me out. That was the hardest part for me was remembering who everybody used to be, so I knew who they were. Mm-hmm. Do you think that? Because, do you think that this Iron Fist thing is going to stick uh, with the new character? I mean, we got a kind of a glimpse of it over at MajorSpoilers.com. Or do you think that this is going to be Jim well? Chung you've done cover, your though, so good. Hot. Yeah, that's Here's what I'm wondering. If, you, if you're going to be like done with 12, 12 issues and then we're going to revert back to Danny, go ahead, uh, Ashley. Oh, tell us your sure. fan theory. My favorite fan theory is that it's Shang-Chi so that we can give him superpowers. Oh yeah. You know, that would be fine because he's doing that whole, he's doing that whole thing, uh, against fighting the Marvel universe, isn't it? Uh, Shang-Chi versus the Marvel universe. Or is that, I don't know if that's in continuity, but I do know this, uh, uh when it comes to your, your, your basic, your iron fist, I feel like the fact that they established it as a legacy means that it could stick. And also, you know, we've seen, Marvel is perfectly legit with having three Spider-Men and four Spider-Women and two Hawkeyes. I mean, there's nothing that says we can't have a new Iron Fist 
and or a whole army of iron fists. Yeah, I mean, Luke is there. There's a power man. You've got up the there. left there's hand and the right hand. You got you got to have two fists: the left hand and the right hand. There you go, listeners. We want you to join the conversation about these stories and more over in our Discord server. You can join the Discord server for free. There's a link in the show notes. Or if you are a patron at patreon.com slash major spoilers, you get access to secret channels that allow you to listen in as we record Dueling Review live Thursday nights at 8 o'clock p.m. This week, we're doing a Hellboy comic. You're going to want to tune in for that. It's coming your way on Thursday in the secret Discord server. Find out more at patreon.com slash major spoilers. Let us jump into some reviews now, and let me see where everybody's at. Most people are last week. We'll start with Matthew with Batman Fortnite Foundation number one. Not the first time that we've seen a Batman and Fortnite title coming out from DC Comics. That is very true. Apparently, there was a six-issue Batman Fortnite Mm -hmm. uh, limited series, uh, which spins right into this. Batman Foundation, I think, uh, and don't quote me on this, but I think this is a one shot, uh, but it's written by a whole bunch of people. Scott Snyder, Christos Gage, a man named Mustard, who I believe is one of the people who, uh, you know, writes the Fortnite. Uh, art by Joshua Hickson. Uh, and it's a co-production of Epic, which gives us the Fortnite and DC Comics, which gives us the comics. So here's the thing that I want to make clear before I start speaking on this, because if you're out there and you're thinking, oh, What's this old guy going to say about this cool new kids uh, video game that's tied up into the comic books? When we at Major Spoilers review a comic, we review the comic. We do not review all of the things that led to the comic. So I did not read the six-issue limited series that led into this, and it hurt my comprehension of it. But here's the deal. You start with Batman and the Justice League in the middle of a terrible, terrible fighty-fighty. And the entire Legion of Doom is trying to get to a magic portal. A magic portal seems to be a portal to Fortnite. So we have the League and we have Clayface. We have Lex Luthor. We have Mr. Freeze. We have the Batman who laughs. Uh, He's back from the dead. This issue literally gives us no explanation of how, why, or what led to him being back from the dead, but at least he's not omnipotent anymore. He does, however, pretty clearly murder Plastic Man, which uh, hurts my head. But we also find that one of the characters from the Fortnite, uh, a person called The Foundation, has come through to the DC Universe. So while all of the heroes are tied up trying to keep the villains away from the portal, Batman sneaks away and goes head-to-head with The Foundation. And it becomes clear uh, to me that contractually, we had to have that Marvel versus DC, everybody gets their shots in moment. Because Batman and the Foundation have a three-page fight that's literally, uh, oh, Batman, oh, Foundation, oh, Batman, oh, Foundation. And it comes to the end and they're like, fine, one of my enemies. If you are the enemy of my enemy, you might be my friend. And nobody ever gets the upper hand. Nobody is ever clearly cooler than the other guy. And uh, on the one hand, I kind of like that. But I also feel like the references to Batman, Fortnite, colon, zero point are not necessarily well explained. And I don't know, you know, DC has in the last couple of years very much been on a read this book and enjoy it. Don't worry about where it fits into a larger continuity. 
So I don't know who the members of the league are. We hear people talking back and forth on the radio. And occasionally, I think Flash and Superman identify themselves. But there's five or six Justice League voices that don't get identified. And, of course, there are 47 Fortnite characters who show up, including a guy with a tomato for a head, whose name is Tomato Head. Um, But um, basically, you get a little bit of backstory. And Batman is like, I was in your universe at one point, and I came home. And the Foundation is like, wow. That's rare. Nobody ever comes home. And of course, you know, Camo is in this. Hawkman is in it for a split second. Literally dozens and dozens of characters are in this for a split second. I feel that I had very little context for anything other than big fighty fighty. And when the foundation finally does get back home and it seems like the heroes have won, And, you know, the Batman who laughs is taken care of. It turns out that the Batman who laughs, who, by the way, explicitly says on panel, oh, this is really going to hurt my Batman always wins uh, reputation, which I don't know how I feel about. You get to the end of this story, and I feel like, why? Why is this here? And I understand that this is here for fans of the Fortnite series, but it doesn't really give me any explication of the Fortnite series. And while I am, you know, somebody who does read a lot of old comics and goes into comics sometimes and goes, this is a reference to something that happened in 1977, it always bothers me when that feels like it's necessary to enjoy the book. You know, Roger Ebert was a problematic person, but he always said that he didn't like movies where you had to go and read the Holy Scripture of the comic books or the resource material before you saw the movie or else you wouldn't enjoy it. And that's kind of what this is. Also, Tomato Head gets killed on panel. So I cried because Tomato Head is the guy that I love. Also, there's a guy with corn for a head. I believe his name is Cornhead. I don't know. Mm. Um But we do get to see uh, the Batman who laughs mowing down dozens of Fortnite characters. Like dozens. Bug guys and bear guys and lizard guys and fruit guys and vegetable guys. And I actually went and started looking them up. And then I realized with alternate skins, there's like hundreds of these characters. And I'm just like, wow. I imagine if if you know everyone in this book already it could be a very cool story i mean i i enjoy the art i feel like the art may be the best representation of the batman who laughs i've ever seen because usually he looks kind of distorted in a way that humans don't and here he looks kind of like a batman only you know a crazy batman and batman looks good superman looks good in his two panels it's just it's a mess it's it is just a long and involved story that doesn't feel like it has any ending. And so even though there's a lot here that I feel like is fun and they're trying to do something, I got to the end and I just didn't feel like, first of all, I could justify reading this comic and I certainly don't want to pay $5 for it. But if you love Fortnite, mileage may vary. For me, two slices of meatloaf for Batman Fortnite, the foundation number one. 
I mean, I can see the quality of what's going into it, but it's just, it's not a coherent individual issue. So here's the thing. Mm -hmm. This comic, Mm -hmm. you were asking, who's this for? It's Mm -hmm. not for you. And I don't mean that to say it's not for you, Matthew. Mm-hmm. Number one, have you ever played Fortnite? I'm just out of just out of yes. curiosity. Yes, okay. I have. So you're familiar I with played, uh, I played Tomato Head. Okay. So <laughs> Tomato Head this, main. This this comic book mm-hmm. and the and the previous one, the zero point one, yeah. are aimed specifically at Fortnite players who do not read comic books. Mm-hmm. This is the entry level drug for those people. Just like all these movie tie-in uh, releases, like when you got to play Thanos right. in Fortnite. Yeah. I mean, the day that Thanos dropped in Fortnite, my oldest son was up first thing in the morning playing Thanos. And then after he got the the gauntlet and he snapped his fingers and was able to wipe out half the people in the game, after he played that for a full day, he was like, Dad, when does that Avengers in-game movie come out? Mm-hmm. People who pick up Fortnite... Batman Fortnite zero point or specifically Batman Fortnite foundation number one, because it does come. If you get the physical copy of the comic book, it comes with a code so that you can get a Batman who laughs skin. Those people are going to get that skin because they want the skin so that they can be different. And then they're also going to hopefully what DC is hoping is going to flip through this and go, wow, look, this has got Superman or it's got a flash or, Hey, here's a guy that looks like a giant bird. Where can I find more of that? Teen Teen Titans, the Casual yeah, yeah. Teen Titans skins yeah, are yeah, yeah. very cute. So this is all this is all a very targeted marketing campaign to get the million billion people. Not China because China is losing Fortnite next week, next month, something mm-hmm. like that. Um, this is to get all those billions of people who are playing Fortnite who don't read comics to consider mm-hmm. reading a comic and. I understand all, everything that you said I agree with in terms of maybe it's a messy story and the art looks good and, and maybe it doesn't make a lot of sense in terms of greater point. But this is this is a this is a splashy commercial that DC is putting out with Fortnite uh-huh. to get people to buy more comic books or at least to buy more DC related merch. So to do whatever yes, you I, need to do to get that Batman who laughs skin. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So uh, while I'm not saying, you know, your rating of this is probably spot on, I'm not going to pick this comic up. I'll I'll be honest. Um, From a marketing perspective, from DC, Mm -hmm. this is kind of brilliant. Yep. Buy the comic and you get a downloadable Batman Who Laughs skin that you can play in the game. And I think that may be the You have to have the physical copy. Yeah, you can't do this with the, the digital copy. So you have to go buy a physical comic, which means, guess what? you have to go into a comic book store. So yeah, it's, it's, it's pretty smart. It's pretty slick marketing. Let me just say that. So thank you for that, uh, Matthew. Uh, boy, it came out last week. It took a while for it to arrive on my doorstep, but the latest Ed Brubaker, Sean Phillips, uh, tome, of uh, reckless, the, their most recent thing that they actually started right as soon as pandemic was hitting. And they've already released three graphic novels, destroy all monsters, arrived last week. It's 2499 original graphic novel, but it's not like it's, it's a complete story. It's, it's a full book's worth of content. I will say right up front, totally worth your 2499. If you're a fan of Mac Bolin, if you're a fan of, uh, uh, I don't know who else is out there. Remo, the destroyer. If you're a fan of, of, uh, Columbo, if you're a fan of, um, 
not Matlock, but if you're a fan of uh, Rockford Files, if you're a fan of uh, what's his name who drives the Ferrari, this Magnum, this is totally up your alley. Kolchak. Uh, Kolchak, probably not because there isn't, there isn't the... It doesn't have the supernatural aspect in it. Although the previous, the book two did have a, have some cult stuff, some Los Angeles cult stuff in the late seventies, uh, up here, late seventies, early eighties. So this one, I don't know if they're going to continue to tell this story jumping forward in time, because the first one definitely took place in the late seventies. The second one took place in the late seventies, early eighties. This one takes place in 1988 and it really expands the, relationship between Ethan and his love for Los Angeles and his relationship with his assistant who he's known since she was a little girl and broke into this theater that he owns and lives in Uh, the movie theater shut down, but he's also, you know, like a private investigator, you know, a guy that you call when you can't find anyone else to do the job. And this one ties into uh, the building of the uh, 105 freeway and how it decimated, you know, communities and left them barren and increased the the, mm-hmm. the drug and crime uh, factor all along that corridor for decades. And so it's it's a story that's set around uh, all of that that's happening. Corruption, there's sex, there's drugs, there's, you know, switched identities. Uh, so you've got all of that just wrapped up in this little literally a quiet story where Ethan is narrating to the audience. This is how my relationship with my best friend started to fall apart. And these were all the events that fed into that. And here I am an asshole. And, you know, in the end, I realized that I really hurt a relationship in, in this way. And, and I think Ed Brubaker and Sean Phillips have become the duo that, if you tell me they have something new out, I will buy it sight unseen, which is kind of how I fell into the Reckless series to begin with. Um, it is just so good. I, for me, it's not... It is crime fiction, but it doesn't feel like I'm watching an episodic. It doesn't feel like, even though it, it feels like it's drawing inspiration from the Mac Bolan and the Remo the Destroyer kind of books, it doesn't feel like that. It feels like... It's smashing all that together and taking the best parts out and telling you a story in this world that is very, very believable. So this is something I can't wait. They're, they're continuing this. Apparently, if you follow Ed Brubaker on his um, mailing list, this has been a series that kind of surprised them both uh, in terms of the success and the sales. And they're going to continue on to this. So if you love the criminal stuff, I don't know when they're going to return to that because it seems like they are going to be into the reckless world from now on. And instead of releasing stuff, I think they realized this with pulp, uh, which then led into reckless, uh, that releasing stuff as original graphic novels and doing it like three or four books a year is really working for them. And I applaud them for doing that. And so the next book doesn't come out until April and I'm, you know, already down. I cannot wait for that. I'm going to sit down this weekend and read through all three books again. I enjoy the heck out of this. This is not criminal, although it, you can feel the bones of criminal in, in this. This is not pulp, though you can feel the bones of pulp uh, resonate through this book. If you are someone that likes L.A. crime stories with an actual development of character, then you want to pick up these books. I'm giving this five slices of meatloaf out of five. This is a must-read book, in my opinion. 
if you're a fan of that genre. And I certainly am. And the art, of course, by Sean Phillips, just fantastic. And the coloring, I think, by his son, Jacob Phillips, I think is his son. Also, just really great. So top to bottom, love this book. Can't wait to sit down and read all three of them back to back again. So uh, that came out last week from Image Comics. You can find it anywhere. In fact, we have a link to all of the books that we're talking about in this week's show. A link to our Amazon affiliate link where you can buy these yourself, whether that be digital for your Kindle or your Comixology app or physical copies if you are into that. Let us jump to, I think it's a movie, right, Ashley? The the horror noir over on the Shutter service? It is a movie and it's an anthology. Bum, 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 bum. I didn't see that <laughs> coming. Sorry, Amazon affiliate link. It's a Shutter movie. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I know that the minute I evoke Shutter, a bunch of people are going to go, oh, but I don't need another streaming service. It's a streaming service too far. But let me tell you, friends, as someone who squats on their friend's Shutter account <laughs> in exchange for one of my streaming services, um, blow for blow, I think Shutter has some of the most interesting stuff. Uh, they have a ton of like really, really great, really diverse um, offerings. I watch a lot of foreign films on there. I've been checking out some Giallo for Spooky Watch. Um, and then they've also been producing a lot of really cool original content but because it's kind of a baby streaming service um i don't think they get enough recognition and so um i've seen a bunch of really good originals this year and this was my favorite and it came out last week so i thought i would tell you about it so horror noir and it's noir the feminine with an e on the end of it um is a six-part anthology of short form horror all presented by uh, black creative teams, black crews, black cast, um, truly a celebration of black excellence. One of my favorite comics journalists recommended it. So I said, yes, I shall watch it. And they do a couple of things in each of the shorts that I really like in horror. So one thing that I like is I like it when something is, uh, a dumb idea that's like so dumb it goes around and becomes good again like how bad hair is about an evil weave that possesses a girl's bot like i think that's great <laughs> and horror noir has a couple they have a vampire piece at the end that's very camp so they have a couple stories that fall into that so if you like that it's very funny um it also touches on mythology. So the opening is a short called The Lake um, that's set in a lake in the swampy south. And it deals with uh, what the water can do to you. And, you know, it might shock you to learn that someone turns into a monster. But they do a great job as the character mutates and degenerates into an actual monster, uh, unpeeling how much of a monster they are in the world as well and the bad things that they've done. So they've paralleled some of the tropes into these really interesting narratives. And what I think is so impressive about it is because, um, you know, we're all celebrity obsessed. Everyone on the show covers entertainment. So like we're driven by names and recognizable things. Everyone in horror noir, I think to the public, are fresh faces 
Um, unless you're like really familiar with Atlanta specific actors. And if you are, then I tip my hat to you. This gave me a lot of phenomenal creators to follow. It gave me six concepts that truly were good enough to have carried a movie on their own in a two hour period. So it, it was more like watching six mini movies than it was like watching six shorts because they are long enough to have a completed beginning, middle end versus when you watch um, usually like festival offerings are quite short. They're like the best scene or couple of scenes from a movie. So it feels like even though it's quite a short offering, it does feel like you're watching something of length because what it gets into and the quality at which all of its egg, there's some really good prosthetics in two of them. So some good monster work. Uh, like I was, I was just so impressed because shorts are tough. Uh, independent horror is tough. And I was impressed with every single piece here. I didn't think there was a single bit of bad casting. I think shutter deserves more play. And I think that if in the wake of, a project like this, which some people are going to dismiss as a diversity offering, we get such good work, then bring it on. And I cannot recommend, if you check out Shutter for nothing else, check this out. But there's also a lot of really good other stuff on there as well. So this is my, this was my, like, one of my last offerings for Spooky Season. I was just so impressed by it. I had to come and talk about it on the show. Nice. It sounds uh, really fun if I had a Shutter, but as I told Matthew earlier this week, or last week, I'm kind of done adding uh, new things onto my onto my subscriptions. So I actually got Shutter this week because there was a movie that I wanted to watch. I'm like, there you go, hey, now, you can, now you can it watch will, this one. I, that's see that see that's what I wanted. I want to Shutter for the same reason. Mm -hmm. It's gonna get you. I promise. What, oh <laughs> no! Wait, service. was it was it the same movie? Uh, was it well, Paranormal wanted, Activity next of kin? No, I actually wanted it for the for Dragula Resurrection. Oh, I want to see that too. Now the whole new season's on, so there's also good TV, good, good right. drag. <laughs> there you go. All right, we're going to wrap up our review segment with uh, Rodrigo checking in on another book from Image Comics that comes out next week. Yeah. Uh, also, Atlanta season three got a trailer, so that's Oh, nice. man. I want to talk about that at some point. but Yeah, we'll talk about it. Yeah. Um, I don't, like, I, I, I love Atlanta, but I have a, like, I'm, like, too emotional about atlanta so it's it's tough for me sometimes um but the book that i'm reviewing a righteous thirst for vengeance number two which is not in fact a rightful thirst for vengeance that's not it um so me i should stop looking for it like that um is uh so i reviewed this uh probably about a month ago on the show um the a, a, a big important thing about that issue is that it has very little uh very little like text um characters don't say anything it's pretty much completely silent um you really only see text in um billboards and signs and then the character like checking their phones this one does have some text you see the fallout of the kind of gruesome thing that we saw at the end of the first one. Um, but I was surprised when we started going to see that uh, it kind of seems like uh, the main character that we were following was going to go murder the people who were murdered. Mm -hmm. um, it's just somebody beat him to it. 
right? It's like in this one, you start like retracing his footsteps. And I was like, oh, 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 that's, is that what was happening? There's kind of this thing with this book where like not a lot is explained, right? There, I, I'm sure somebody right now is just like going through the archives being like, I'm going to find something where Rodrigo complains about there being too many text boxes in like a Spider-Man <laughs> comic. Um, and, and yes, there is, hopefully there's a sweet spot somewhere between explaining like thoroughly explaining what is literally happening happening in each panel and giving you a little bit more information, right? Everything is very visual. So this book really asks you to go back and look at the images, which is nice. I think a lot of the time, um, uh, if you, especially if you read a lot of comics or if you don't have a lot of time to read comics, we go by the text. You just hop from text box or text bubble to, to, to word bubble to word bubble. And then you just kind of take in general the, the images in. But this book, the last one certainly, the last issue, this one certainly really asks you to stop and pay attention and figure out what's happening. Um, which I can't be bothered to do. No. Which um, I, I want to do. And I actually literally want to go back and reread this again. Um, the the art is still really good. Uh, Andre Araujo does a really fantastic job. Um, there's something that's very gritty, but still kind of stylized, um, or, or very realistic, but still kind of stylized. I, I don't want to say that it looks like Frank Quietly's art, but mm -hmm, mm -hmm. there's something about it that is um, that that is similar. That is that has the yes. same sort of like. I don't know, like grunge to it. Uh, like still looks like a cartoon, still looks grungy at the same time. Um, altogether, I'm going to give it three and a half slices of meatloaf. Uh, I think really if there are uh, issues with my approach to it, um, it's, it's, it's kind of on me. Um, but also I was like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Rick Remender, that sounds familiar. And then I looked him up and I'm like, I've probably liked one one out of every five things that I've read from uh, Rick Remender. So I'm liking this, um, but like there was like just something that went off in my head of like, have I ever liked a Rick Remender book? Yes, I have, but not too many. So um, I'm I'm ready to be converted by Righteous Thirst for Vengeance. Um, I just kind of need to see where the story's going and how it develops. Nice, 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 nice. And again, if you want to jump on the bandwagon with Rodrigo, there is a link in the show notes where you can purchase this using the Amazon slash comiXology affiliate link. Uh, it doesn't cost you anything extra. A little bit comes back our way. Okay. I think I've told people okay. to stop messaging me when I'm trying to record a show, but here we are now to yeah. get into our main trade. And I don't know how, why, or where the, sh how this found a, a way onto our yeah. list. Was this <laughs> something this that come from? Is this something that I you recommended, we were Rodrigo? I Eternals this week. I thought we were too, but then I and looked I and it's like, oh, I, we didn't have I, I access didn't to the Eternals. This, so I can't wait <laughs> to hear you guys explain this to me. <laughs> okay. Did so you like, recommend this, Matthew? Did you recommend this, Rodrigo? I've never heard of this. You you sent a list in 22. Okay, here's the thing, people. Steven sends the year in advance. Yeah. And in yeah. 2020, you sent me a list and said, hey, these are all of the things. And I said, okay. And it was like, what 
it, what even is this? And then somehow we didn't <laughs> review it in 2020 because of a skipped right. episode or something. And so I moved right. it to 2021. Oh. And so I'm looking at this and I'm like, I have no idea how, you know, if somebody recommended it, this seems like something I, that would be up Rodrigo's alley. And so I, that's, I was like, maybe this was a Rodrigo book. called for it though. It feels like something. No, no, no. Where so I, here's the thing. When I, when I put the list together, I solicit everybody to say, Hey, is there a comic that you guys think we should review this year? And people usually write like, what's that, uh, stray cat space cat thing, Rodrigo, that, uh, yes, trade. Yeah. I, I recommend oh, it. Yeah. I recommend it. Uh, so so here's the here's the uh two sides of what i recommend i recommended both strayed and the super gross animal man so yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, that's, so that's how those, those so that's how these things mine. get together and so then we curate the list and we reach out to publishers and i even went back into my email going who asked for this and i could only find this yeah i can only find two emails one me reaching out to nbm publishing who released this in a trade and there's like two or three trades of this uh, uh, requesting a copy of it. And then uh, the one that I sent out this week to all of you saying, Hey, we're reviewing this book this week. Um, <sighs> Rodrigo, what is dungeon Zenith <laughs> Duckhart all about? So uh, dungeon Zenith Duckhart. I mean, Dun dungeon Zenith is the name of the work. Duckhart right. is the name of this volume, right? Right. Um, it is. Apparently, the story of so okay, so the setting is somewhere in this fantasy world. There is an enormous dungeon whose job is to be a dungeon in yeah. sort of like the Dungeons and Dragons sense, in that adventurers try to get through the dungeon and take treasures. And the dungeon is has an administrator who makes sure that there's treasure in there, who makes sure that the monsters are very dangerous, and also who kind of promotes the dungeon to make sure that people want to come tackle it. Um, uh, also, a lot of the people are animals. Mm -hmm. um, so that administrator is a bird of some kind. Our main character is a duck. Mm -hmm. um, there's like a dragon guy, but I think yeah. people keep referring to him as a crocodile. So maybe he's just... A red crocodile with wings? Nah, he's a uh, he's a dragon, but uh, okay. yeah, he, but his wings got cut off. So, or they got he's a crocodragon. Uh, yeah, his wings do <laughs> get cut off. Um, but uh, okay, so now that that setting that that's that's the setting. This is the story of an underling that works in that dungeon, accidentally kills a champion that his boss wanted to see, impersonates him, and that gets sent on a quest to murder someone else thinking that he's the champion. Yeah. Uh, and so that's kind of where it goes. Uh, very early on, he gets his heart taken out of his chest, kind of as, yeah. a, as an assurance that he's going to like do the job. So he doesn't have a heart in his body, kind of like an Enchantress and like uh, the Suicide Squad movie kind of deal. Enchantress. Mm -hmm. yep. So, uh, yeah, and then Adventure... He's like really weird, wacky adventures ensue. He's yes. got a uh, sword. Consciousness adventure. He's he's taken the barbarian's you know armor and sword, and he can't draw the sword from its sheath uh, unless he's completed three awesome deeds. And if yeah. he tries to use another weapon, the sword will kill him. And if anyone else touches his weapon, it will summon the spirit of previous bearers of the sword. <laughs> so you know, uh, at one point, the duck is just you know like a, a wimpy kind of duck guy. And at one point he's trying to fight these monsters and one of the monsters touches his sword. And so his, suddenly he turns into this buff uh, former hero that 
you know, kills all the monsters in the way. And it, that is kind of how this story goes. And then for some reason, to me, the front part of the, of the volume is more funny. Like, haha, look at this weird situation that we've put this duck guy into. And then the Mm -hmm. back half is like this, like philosophical discussion on what does it mean to believe in yourself and to be a true warrior and all of these things. And it's just like, I wasn't prepared for that term. Weirdly philosophical. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, The thing that I liked is uh, his belt is constantly yelling at him. Yeah, yeah. Because the belt is the arbiter of whether or not he is, uh, yeah, he can draw that worthy of the sword. Yeah. Right. But as he goes through the belt, is like, you have to do this. And he does it. And the belt is like, well, maybe that doesn't count. And it, you know, it becomes clear after a while that uh, the belt doesn't necessarily want him to become a warrior, but as it goes on, he and the dragon kind of form this weird bond. And I just, yeah, they're like buds. I love the ending. Because they're both like, yeah, I totally got what I thought I wanted, but, you know, I didn't want it. I almost got married last night. Yeah, I almost kept a kingdom. So it's this this weird buddy comedy, but it sort of goes. It's, it's okay, the word that keeps it, it popping in my head is stream of consciousness. Yeah. It's just. Yeah, maybe, maybe to a point I would agree. I mean, it, it, so this is not a web comic. But it reads right. like a web comic because like Absolutely. every page is like a standalone post, or at least I can't find any reference online that this was a web comic. But there's yeah. four volumes of this book. So if there was a web comic, it would certainly show up in the search results when I type in Dungeon Zenith web comic as opposed to just giving me links to yeah, all the sure. NBM publishing uh, pages on this. Mm-hmm. So, but it reads like every page is a web comic. And then over time, the story just builds up and you accumulate all this knowledge about this, about these characters well, and their adventure. And and in fact, a big part of the reason why this feels like a webcomic is because we're already like two thirds of the way through the Well, maybe not two thirds. Let's say halfway through the story or like the first arc where we like the main character finally says what his name is. Oh, yeah, yeah. And it's like, it feels like something that is created one page at a time. And mm-hmm. then at some point, the writer was like, I never gave this guy a name, yeah. you know, or, or something like that, which, which you see in webcomics all the time, where like characters will like suddenly, as, as the cerebometer starts to go up, they have to like mm-hmm. backtrack and start explaining things because, uh oh, we've decided to be serious. Yeah. And that, that is interesting to me. It also feels like it was not written in English. So um, this author, ooh, Lewis, uh, Lewis Trondheim, this, I'm going to read his bio. This is off the N- okay. NBM webpage. Lewis Trondheim is one of the leaders of the new generation of comic artists, bringing in novel ways of creating comics. He helped usher in a much longer and sophisticated narratives in the graphic novel form. He is a leading author in Europe. Yep. So, Yeah. Uh, and then Joanne that is, that explains Sharp the asterisk, or Schraff, the asterisk feel that I keep getting. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Joan Schraff or Schar is an artist, writer Schar. and film director uh, known for his adaptations of the little prince, best-selling title, the rabbi's cat and so much more. So uh, he's a leading artist, scriptwriter, and colorist for many popular series, including becoming the regular artist on Zenith's uh, series dungeon. The one that we are reading. So yeah. Euro, Euro comic apparently. Yeah. Cool. It, it it has a feel like it started out being one thing and then 
somewhere about halfway through turned into something entirely different. And I, I love mm-hmm. it when a book does that, mm-hmm. but I also, I, I, I'm like, I didn't necessarily fully understand either of the things that it was, but it, it definitely reminded me of my days reading like translated issues of heavy metal mm. and stuff where you're just like, Oh yeah, this, you know, this kind of felt like the early asterisk before he started, you know, everything was building on everything and building and building and building in those yeah. earlier volumes. I kind of felt like this may have been, it started out maybe kind of emulating parts of that. Yeah. I don't know. I, I know that I did not read this in one setting, uh, sitting. I took a break, uh, for about two hours, about halfway through the book, which just so happened to coincide when it switched from the hooded, uh, tentacle monsters to the kill the goblin King story arc. And sure. so when I came back and read it, I was like, Oh yeah, this, this is, this is nice. Uh, there's something about it that I, I, I don't understand why I like it. It may be the deep philosophical discussions about, you know, what is life? What is love? What is meaning? You know, what's my point in the universe? Cause at some point there's like a, a giant woman who's running around mm-hmm. naked mm-hmm. through the woods and yes. the dragon is kind of in love with her, but because of Cyrano de Bergerac kind of things, uh, she thinks that she's in love with the duck and the duck doesn't really yeah. <laughs> give a crap either way. And so the, the dragon is just like, oh man, I've got this unrequited love and everything she's talking about the duck is everything that I did. And he's too afraid to speak up or something. And so there's like this weird, just it's weird in, in a good way, not weird in a avoid this because you're not going to understand it. It's just right. not what you expect in a traditional comic book that is supposed to be making fun of Dungeons and Dragons. Mm. Right. I don't think this has Dungeons and Dragons as much in its well, the only DNA reason I say that the stories that the only reason I say that is because uh, uh, that's how they bill it as a, a uh, epic spoof of Dungeons and Dragons. Mm. Yeah, and the cover is definitely a parody of an old Dungeons and Dragons uh, source book. But source book, yeah. I don't know. I, I, I kind of love the fact that our main characters are Herbert and Marvin. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> when you're going through these stories that, that for me is just the, the perfect Philip on a Philip when you're like, Hey, hi, there's a, there's an evil dragon. And his name is Marvin. And it turns out he's not evil. Yeah, and he's nice. I, I'm, I'm curious uh, for our European listeners. Mm-hmm. Are you familiar with this series? And if so, please let us know, just write to us or jump in our discord and let us know because I have a feeling that this may be more popular overseas than it is here. Like the soccer comic. Yeah. yeah mm-hmm. Like the soccer comic, or like, like soccer comics in general, like yeah. black sad, <laughs> specifically the one that we read that I don't remember the name. Of. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Roy, Roy of the Rovers. Roy of the Rovers. There yeah. we go. I knew it was alliterative. So alliterative. it may also be fortuitous that we read uh, volume one this week on the show because mm-hmm. November 16th of this year, volume four releases. Ooh, that's I why kinda we wanna, did it. I kind of want to re- no, because this was, I literally don't know how this wound <laughs> up on the 2021 list. I kind of want to read all three other volumes that are coming up. And you want to catch or, up? I, I, I do want to read volume two, three, and I want to read this volume four when it comes out. I, I I'm curious for those of you who are familiar with Yusagi Ojimbo, does this feel like that? A little bit, although I feel like Sakai has more of a 
of a, a handle necessarily. I don't want to say it like that because then it sounds like this book isn't right. Sakai well, has a different hmm. approach where even like a quick short story is something that's designed to be one bit of story, you know, an episode in Usagi's life, or this is a story that, you know, makes a specific point or hits a specific theme or shows off a creepy thing with a bowl on its head, you know, whereas I feel like this is less episodic and more of, you know, kind of an open source universe, like a grand theft auto comic book. I I think to me, I view, if you look at something like Usagi Yojimbo, it like, there's lots of stuff or like the, the sort of the structure of Usagi Yojimbo feels deliberate. Um, and the structure of dungeons in it feels frantic, right? I'm not saying either one of those is better. And I'm not saying one is like has more artistry or whatever than the other, right. but there is this thing where like in Dungeon Zenith, characters like an accident happens, and then that accident has future impact on everything else that's happening, right? And it just kind of like when you're reading it, it just feels like it just like you're going downhill, and you can't really grab onto anything to really stop yourself. Um, and it's and it's kind of fun, but also you don't know if at some point you're going to hit a rock and flip o- flip over to your face, right? It's like that's kind of what this book feels like. Mm, okay. Yeah. Now I am finding references online to Dungeon Twilight. Yeah, which apparently, is apparently there's like a story which is later on in the continuity of this, you know, this shared universe, or or before Zenith may be the yeah. last the last arc because I'm seeing I think uh, Zenith Dungeons is in the middle because there's one called Early Years. Yeah, that's volumes one and two. Right, um, and then there's this, and then there's Dungeon Twilight. Well, well, Dungeon Zenith is is the last part of this. So yeah, so Zenith. I don't know. I go ahead, Rodrigo. I, I was gonna say if if it's following, uh, like the the sun, then the zenith would be in the middle, right? Yeah, right. And twilight would be last because twilight yeah. is yeah. explicitly after this story. Twilight is like an end of the world story, from what I'm finding. And yeah. apparently, it was written in French, which is why it's hard to uh, googly search. So, yeah. So I don't yeah, know. I I, uh, I I am rather keen on this. Uh, I, I kind of recommend it. I kind of like everything about it. Uh, I think that if you are a web comic person that you're into reading web comics, even though this is probably not, uh, originating in web comic form, I think you're going to dig it. If you're someone uh, who likes a little quirky take on your high fantasy dungeon stuff, I think you're going to enjoy it. Now it's going to be a very different experience. It's not like your dungeons and dragons comics that IDW is putting out. It is not your black sad level of uh, introspection, but I think it's somewhere in between those two. And if you like, you know, uh, little scrawny ducks running around beating up bad guys and and uh, making his way through a million goblin dungeon with just a feather and a stick as his weapons, then yeah, man, I think you need to pick this up, Matthew. What do you think? I love a story. That feels like even the creator didn't know where it was going. And when you get there, it feels like this is just, this is where the road went. You know, like you get in the car and you go somewhere and you're like, oh, here's a cool thing that I saw. And then, oh, and here's even a weirder cool thing. So when this story makes the turn from wacky fun 
to slowly building up into, you know, a, a treatise on the nature of isolation and reality and, you know, heroic uh, tropes. I, I I was like, yeah, this is this is cool. This is amazing. But I don't know what it is. Yeah. You know, it's it's hard to describe because if you say, well, this is a parody of Dungeons and Dragons, I don't feel like that really fits. And you can't really say that it's like, you know, a European comic. You can't say, hey, remember Tintin, because that doesn't really fit. But it's like nothing and everything. And I also recommend it, especially since you do get a lot of interesting deconstructions and just, you know, complete inversions of stuff that you expect to see in a high fantasy or adventure fantasy setting. And the fact that, you know, the once evil dragon turns out to be a pretty decent guy. And at one point he's throwing off his armor. This skull represents the memory of my ancestors. And this one yeah. is to keep away the spirits. What about that? And what about one? that one? That's just to cover my peepee. Yeah. Um, but I'm just like, okay, that's funny. I don't know why that's funny. But I, I think that's funny. And I think that this is worth checking out. If, you know, if that sounded in any way entertaining to you. Yeah. Go ahead. Read this comic. Rodrigo, what about you? Yeah, I, I enjoyed it. I think um, it's just like, it's really weird. It's a really weird book. And I really appreciate that. And sort of like the, it, it does feel like a webcomic. It feels like European books that we've read before. Um, but not, not exactly like that. Um, there is a, a moment where, uh, the, the duck gets, they're trying to teach him how to fight. And they're like, we're going to put you in this cage with a bunch of people and you're going to have to fight them. And they throw him in the cage. And right after they throw him in the cage, it says in the cage, there's the five vampire dwarves, Siegfried, the barbarian and Henry, the mouse. Mm -hmm. And it's like, <laughs> As it turns out, like the most deadly thing in there is Henry the Mouse. Um, and it's like just that image. I love that image. I think I'm going to make it my desktop because it's just <laughs> so it's just so funny. It's like mm -hmm. just like in composition and like what these characters look like. It's just so funny. Yeah, right. It's like, I don't know. There's just something about this book that is like very charming at all times um at times it really feels like it kind of slows down and meanders a bit but you can mm -hmm. always just take a step back and look at how like weird and funny and interesting all of these character designs are um, yeah. even if the story is not moving you all right so ashley victoria robinson you didn't have a chance to read this book this week but now you've listened to us describe this weird comic book is <laughs> have we convinced you to use that Amazon link and to make a purchase of this book so that you can read it. Well, I mean, you've got the review copy, but have we convinced you to read this book? You know, it's funny when this started, I was like, this is going to be bad friends. Uh, <laughs> and then it was really fun to sort of just sit back and listen. It was like when I used to um, live in a really terrible apartment in Hollywood and then I was listening to major spoilers while one of my roommates ripped the air conditioner out of the wall and threw it at the other air conditioner or threw it at the other roommate. So it was very like fond memories sitting wow. here. And uh, <laughs> yes, actually, it definitely seems weird, but you evoked black sad, which means I'm automatically in. And anything that kind of like I was talking about in Horror Noir is so weird or so different that it 
comes back around the circle of doubt to being good again, I'm in like, I'm going to check this out tonight and then I'll be yeah. all caught up when we re-record this because uh, time is a donut. Yep, exactly. <laughs> now, I do not see I'm looking at the NBM section over on Comixology and I don't see this listed there. So it looks like the only way to get your hands, dear listeners, on physical copies is to go over to Amazon. And, and if you do go over to Amazon, either for this one or for the whole lineup, because it doesn't look like they have most of them there. Sounds like holiday present buying. Yeah, it definitely it definitely does. And certainly the NBM, that's the uh, number uh, N, um, or the letter N, B as in boy, and M as in Mary, um, publishing website seems to indicate that they have all of those for sale there as well. And I'm so tempted to just drop, you know, like, 150 bucks right now to buy all of these everything in this series to read it i i don't know it's it's interesting so again if you are one of our european listeners and we know that there are a lot of you who do listen to this show thank you so much um i want to hear back from you if you are familiar with this and um please share your feedback Go over to our discord server and jump into the major spoilers podcast channel and uh, just let us know you know we're always checking in all of us uh, Matthew, Rodrigo, myself, Ashley, I don't know if you're in on the discord server or not, but, um, you know, people you are always jumping in me. There. I'm on discord. I, I didn't know <laughs> that. Well, you know what? I will send you a link and we'll get you the, uh, we'll get you a gold level or actually we'll get you an admin level, uh, access in there. So you have access to all of our stuff. Uh, and then you guys can come and hang out with us and a whole bunch of other awesome people come into the general chat and get welcomed by, um, uh, by all the cat gifts that you can handle. And so much more, but it sounds like everyone's a big fan of Dungeon Zenith Volume One Duckheart. Volume Two is the Barbarian Princess. So uh, all that's coming up, and I think that's where we're going to wrap up this issue, our 950th issue. Thank you so much for listening, dear listener. Thank you for being part of the Major Spoilers Experience. For the 950th time. You can give us your feedback. We love to hear it. So you can join the cool kids at the aforementioned Major Spoilers Discord server. Lots of cool stuff over there. You can share your thoughts and reactions to this episode and, you know, make fun of Carl. <laughs> no, who's Carl? Or <laughs> drop us an email to podcast at Majorspoilers.com and you might just hear your words on an upcoming episode. And don't forget, you can support the show and everything we do by becoming a patron at patreon.com slash spoilers. Let me just look and see what we're doing next week. Oh, uh, let's see. Oh, Steve Canyon. Uh, not the very first Steve Canyon, but we're definitely going to be looking at some Steve Canyon <laughs> comic strips next week. Why? why because we know that you love to us. Why? You don't like Steve Canyon? I know why. Because we know that you love comics and we do too. And we will talk with you soon. Fat the X-ray vision of Superman. I could save a few bucks and stand around and read through the covers of the comics on the stand. But although every other page would be backwards, I suppose, I could still read the evens and the odds. Well, I don't know. Guess I haven't thought this all the way through. Plus, as soon as the comic book store guy knew, they kicked my butt out on the corner. What a major spoiler. What a major spoiler. 
way If I was hulking green or gray I could just bust through that brick wall Take their comic books away But then the little meat would deal With all the tanks and bombs and guns Have you ever tried to read a series With all that going on Guess I need to rethink this plan How would I back and board my comics With such huge hands Guess I already told ya What a major spoiler What a major spoiler Yeah, yeah, yeah what a major spoiler What a major spoiler If I'm star raving rich like a man of iron I might not be surprised to find That I might actually have the heart cold To follow an entire storyline But would I really even need To read upon all those escapades I mean, who needs such distractions When your sister's such a babe But the downside is such a beast Being shot up in a fun Being in the Middle East With a King Santo and soldier what a major spoiler What a major spoiler Yeah, yeah, yeah What a major spoiler Whoa, 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 whoa What a major spoiler This podcast is copyright 2021 by Major Spoilers Entertainment, LLC.